The Life Act is very simple, but also very powerful. A declaration that all life has value, that all life matters, and that all life is worthy of protection. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp signed a heartbeat bill on Tuesday. The bill bans abortions in the state once a fetal heartbeat can be detected, which can be as early as six weeks. Georgia is the seventh state in the U.S. that has attempted to pass this bill. Is this an indicator that Roe v. Wade could be overturned? Today, I'm talking to Margaret Newkirk, a Bloomberg News reporter in Atlanta. Hi, Margaret. Thanks for joining me. Uh, Happy to be here. So tell me a little bit about the heartbeat bill. What does it mean for women in Georgia? Well, this is one of four bills that have uh, passed this year. It basically means effectively that it would be illegal to have an abortion after about six weeks. And that is sometimes people would not, women would not know they were pregnant at that time. So you can, there are some exceptions in there for rape or incest, but only if you've reported it to the police. There's an exception for um, danger to the mother's life or if the fetus isn't viable. But otherwise, it effectively makes abortion all but illegal. And how are people in Atlanta and in Georgia as a whole reacting to the signing of the bill? Well, you would have a split between sort of the metro Atlanta area. Um, Democrats, which would be the metro Atlanta area, came out almost immediately targeting 30 Republicans, including some Republicans that had voted against it, um, if they were suburban Republicans, because they see sort of a vulnerability there after the 2018 election. So... um, there is, a, you know, in the in the metro area, it's considered something that could be politically dangerous for Republicans. In the wider rural Georgia that helped elect um, Governor Brian Kemp last year, this is probably being applauded. And have there been a lot of protests surrounding the bill? There have been quite a few protests. There, I mean, we had, you know, the women dressed as the hands made women, and we had some actors and actresses. This is a big Holly, uh, you know, movie-making town that spoke out. But there were, have not been the level of business opposition that you would that you saw three years ago when they had a liberty, uh, religious liberty bill, and so that that was strong business opposition. That Hollywood was going to leave Georgia behind. You didn't get really any of that on this, or very little of it. Can you speak to how Hollywood is sort of reacting to this? You're saying obviously Atlanta now is a really big place for movies and shows to be taped. What has that reaction looked like and how is that manifesting in the city? In terms of this bill or in general? In terms of this bill. In terms of this bill, um, you had sort of a, a letter to the governor signed by a lot of actors and actresses and comedians and things like that saying that they would push to have um, movies not made here if this bill passed. That, I mean, that is different than what you saw three years ago with the Religious Liberty, which was where you had actual lobbyists for the industry pushing to make it um, not pass. And do you think that's going to be a reality with people kind of no No. longer wanting to tape in Georgia because of the heartbeat bill? I, I think it will make it less attractive, but not dramatically less attractive and I don't know why why it's so different than the other one, but it 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 does seem like they are not stepping on that. And so, how does this compare on a national scale? Is there a trend building around heartbeat bills? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, they've, they've been picking up. There were a couple over the past couple of years, but there have been four that have passed this year. And I, it's generally considered to be a response to the new Supreme Court and the idea that, that, I mean, this is a bill that would fly straight in the face of Roe versus Wade. And so the idea being that this is a bill they would like to see get to the Supreme Court. So can you just explain a little bit how this bill could make its way up to the Supreme Court and what that would look like? Well, the the ACLU has already announced that it intends to sue, and then it would just have, and they would sue in federal court, basically saying that this bill, Roe v. Wade, basically has you know up to 24 weeks, abortion is legal and can't be really restricted much up to three months, and um, this is six weeks, so it's it's sort of directly in the face of it. So, th- so they would challenge it and it would have to work its way through the federal court system. It could take a long time. But there's now at least four of them. There's some others cooking up in other states. Now, at least one of them in Kentucky, and that was not even quite as um, severe a restriction as ours, has already been struck down by a federal court. So are there any grassroots initiatives that are happening now in response to this? Like, what are women doing in Atlanta and in Georgia to help each other, and what options will women have now? That I don't know. I mean, I would assume that in the short term, this is all going to be stayed while it works its way through the courts. But yes, I, I don't know of any, um, what women are doing, when, if it actually took effect. I'm not sure yet, other than Democrats are planning to run on it and ACLU is planning to sue on it. So, I mean, is there going to be a shift, you think, in women starting to cross state lines for abortions now that Georgia has the heartbeat bill? Probably not yet. Probably not until it survives a court challenge. So you were talking before about how Democrats are going to run on this and how this impacts Roe v. Wade. What does this bill mean on a larger scale for Roe v. Wade and 2020? 2020, if you're just talking... Uh, the larger scale in Georgia. Georgia was one of the states where it was very clear that suburban Republicans and suburban women were um, either not voting or voting for Democrats. And so I think this would make that even stronger. And I think that's why the Democrats immediately began targeting anyone who voted for it and suburban Republicans who didn't. And in terms of Roe v. Wade, can you just speak a little bit more to how this one heartbeat bill in Georgia sort of creates a domino effect and how it's part of the bigger trend that you spoke about earlier? Yeah, I mean, these bills, Ohio had a bill um, that was um, signed into law just, I think, a couple of weeks ago. And so they're all building and they are all aimed at getting a hearing in the Supreme Court in order to have at least I don't know if they're going for the overturning, if that's even possible at this point, or some severe cutting back. If, if these bills are allowed to remain by the Supreme Court or the lower federal courts, then Roe v. Wade is essentially over. What I have read is that, that there are 22 states that are poised, like if Roe v. Wade fell, there were 22 states that would just outlaw abortion right then and there. Wow. And I think that's the point where you're going to see people crossing state lines. Now, if they don't stay this while waiting for the court decision here, then people will start crossing state lines. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Okay, thanks. Now turning to other news from today. 
The two Reuters journalists in Myanmar were freed today. Wa Lon and Cho So U, who recently won a Pulitzer for the reporting on the massacre of the Rohingya Muslims, were released after spending 511 days in a prison in Yangon. Their release was part of a presidential amnesty that covered more than 6,000 prisoners. We're really happy and excited to see our families and colleagues. And I don't know what to say. Um, We're very excited. Senator Mitch McConnell proclaimed Mueller's investigation as case closed. These comments come before Mueller is tentatively scheduled to testify on May 15th. Here's what Senator Chuck Schumer had to say about it. So our leader says, let's move on. It's sort of like Richard Nixon saying, let's move on at the height of the investigation of his wrongdoing. Of course, he wants to move on. He wants to cover up. He wants to silence on one of the most serious issues we face. If you're looking for the misplaced coffee cup from Game of Thrones, it's going to be hard to find. During last Sunday's episode, viewers spotted a coffee cup that was mistakenly left on set. HBO recognized the mistake and cut it out so you won't see it when you rewatch the episode. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening, and if you like listening to us, please head over to iTunes and write a review to let us know what you think. I'm Alexis Benvenisti. You can follow me on Twitter at APBenven, and you can get all of your TikTok updates 24-7 on Twitter.